You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today we're talking about three proven marketing roadmaps for coaches. If you've finished your coaching qualification and you're feeling ready to launch a business, to get started in building your business, it can feel really daunting to realize that you've got no idea of how or where to find clients and create a consistent income. And on top of that, the word marketing might conjure up a sense of dread in your stomach and that you need to do all of these things that all of the experts say you should do. You're getting pulled in a lot of different directions and not sure who to listen to and who to trust, but you're feeling like you need to do all of these multiple things at once. And actually you don't. It couldn't be further from the truth. You don't need to do a training course in Facebook ads or webinar skills or anything like that right now. You need to develop a foundation first and get clear on what you're going to do to market your business in a way that plays to your strengths and skills. And so in this episode, I'm talking about three marketing roadmaps that I've developed for coaches based on what's working in the industry right now. And with the concept that you're going to choose the roadmap that plays to your natural communication strengths so that it's going to help you to start promoting your business with authenticity, with integrity and with confidence. But let's start with a bit of backstory before I walk you through these three different roadmaps. I want to talk to you about the importance of playing to your communication strength. And I'm going to tell you a bit of my backstory to illustrate it. When I started my coaching business, I had had a lot of success in business in a real life context. So I'd done a lot of face-to-face bricks and mortar type business, nothing online. And when I started my coaching business and I was living in a small country town, I thought, wow, everyone's telling me I need to have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And all of the gurus were telling me it it was the only way to get clients and build a business. And I needed to also learn about Facebook advertising and Instagram and LinkedIn and have a website. And if I didn't have those things, I wouldn't succeed. Actually, I did prove them wrong. But the trouble is at that time when I was starting out with online marketing and going, oh, what do I do? Is this the only way? I felt incredible anxiety. And I still feel incredible anxiety when I go near Facebook. I actually don't like it. It gives me a visceral response. But in the beginning, I thought, well, it's the only way to succeed. That's what these people have told me. And I persisted because I thought that I had to be on that platform and that it was my only option. So what happened? Well, I felt anxious every day. First of all, I got to my desk and I'd have this sense of dread. I had to force myself to open up the app and create posts. And I spent hours debating over the words, trying to get them right, getting the right images. And I cringed at the lack of engagement and I stressed over the future of my business. Because as the weeks went by, I was trying to put together posts and figure out how to do it. And did I have the right language here and the right tick there? And was I using emojis and was it a carousel or a this or a that? And was the ad the right color and the image? And I had all of this stuff going on. And over a good six-month period, I did Facebook training courses and I paid for mentoring and I joined support groups. 
and I felt miserable and hopeless as everybody else seemed to be getting it and loving it and understanding it and getting traction. And I was still feeling stuck and totally resistant. Now, if you're a coach, you're probably hearing the emotion in my voice, but you're also hearing me having resistance about trying to make myself do something that doesn't really suit me. Think about your client trying to force themselves to do a new habit that isn't really them. And it was a great lesson for me as a coach because I know coaching and I know methodology and I know how clients and psychology work in that setting, but I needed to apply that to myself. And so I decided to sit back and ask myself, well, why am I forcing myself to do something that I hate, (laughs) that makes me uncomfortable? Is that really going to work? Is it sustainable? I don't have the money to hire a VA to help me start promoting my business. So I sat back and I reflected on my communication skills and strengths and I worked out that this was not how I should be doing my marketing. I needed to do it my way so that I could feel energised, motivated and excited about connecting with my audience and about the concept of marketing. So from there, I went on a journey to explore how best to market my business. I had to shut out all of the gurus and all of the ads and all of the persuasive people telling me that their way was the only way. I had to build a tribe. I had to have an email list. I needed a lead magnet, blah, 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 and on and on and went. I realized on reflection that I feel most comfortable and authentic when I'm talking to people on the phone or in person, when I'm networking and to a lesser degree when I'm writing. I thought about my main skills and they are active listening and relationship building, being able to see all points of view and liking an interactive discussion. And so options that included those skills made sense to me. I like interactive communication, kinesthetic learning, because I get to express my opinions, listen and reflect, and interact with people. And in the writing sense, I draw on my extensive technical writing skills and experience and translate that with the help of my coaching skills into something more emotive and suitable for marketing. So that was my starting point and I started to look at my options and if I fast forward that journey to today, I can explain to you how I'm doing my marketing now and how I feel about it because how you feel about your marketing really does dictate whether you're actually going to do it or not and whether it's going to work. So for me right now as part of my visibility marketing to have a presence online and to be seen, I write an article each week and I turn it into a podcast like this one where I speak about things that my audience wants to know about. So every week I have coaches asking me questions about business. Should I do this or I'm frightened of that or will this work or why doesn't that work or what do I need to do next in this area? And I turn that into an immediate response to them, but I expand it into an episode that I know is going to be valuable to them and other people. By doing that, I'm really listening to my audience using those active listening skills, hearing the need and responding in a way that's going to build trust and relationship because I'm offering value. Right now, I'm pretty busy with contract work 
and as a board member of Hakanza. So that's our industry association. And I don't want to do much more than this, what I'm currently doing in my marketing, which is blogging and podcasting, because I'm working at a higher level with organisations to have a bigger impact and to get more engagement with coaching as a profession and to create more jobs and business opportunities for coaches. I'm working at that more strategic level. But if I really did want to go big online, if I really did want to build my own coaching um, base of individual clients or group clients, then I'd be looking to expand on what my current communication skill set is, which is writing and podcasting at the moment and my love of interacting. So the things that I would be doing in that case is I'd be looking to be a guest blogger on a nationally recognised online magazine where my audience is, such as Thrive Global. And I'd be looking to be a guest on other people's podcasts, people that have a bigger profile than mine or a greater recognition and are connected with my audience. Or I'd be talking on the radio. I've previously had a radio spot in my local area. So anything involving speaking or writing at a bigger level, like tapping into other people's um, platforms, is what I'd be doing. As it is right now, what I'm doing is sharing my articles and podcasts via links on LinkedIn and Instagram, and they are my best promotional platforms, firstly because I feel comfortable there and more connected to my audience, but also because it's where my people are. My ideal client is a creative person, and they like nature and visual images that are beautiful and colourful. So that's why I choose Instagram. LinkedIn, I'm a, I come from a scientific background and I've been a high-end professional in, in the corporate sense, in the C-suite. So I tend to gel more with people on LinkedIn than Facebook. So that's what I'm doing. I'm creating content and I'm sharing it on LinkedIn and Instagram using recur posts to schedule posts plus some spontaneous things. But, you know, actually my preferred way of marketing is networking. So I do a lot of connection with others so that I can meet people and learn more about what people do, where the synergies are, and I work collaboratively via cross-referral and cross-promotion. I can explain the detail of that some other time, but basically every time I attend a networking event, I pick one or two people to meet and I follow up and have a coffee with them. And I also do outreach on LinkedIn, connecting to people, having messages and setting up time to meet and talk to see if there are synergies or opportunities for referral. So as you see, I've developed my marketing strategy around a mix of channels that leverage my key communication skills and help me maintain a presence in the market and build visibility. And I'm building and actively maintaining those networking skills so that if I want to scale, I have support and backing to do that. It took me a while to figure it out and to get to this point. And when you're starting out, I would say it's better to start more simply. So what I'm doing now is a few years ahead potentially of where you are. You may not have any online presence at all, or you might have presence in one area. You don't need to be everywhere. You just need to be doing something well and consistently. Consistency is so important because if you're showing up every week at a set time, people start to predict and anticipate that you're going to do that. Last night in my Passion to Profit group, one of the participants said that she'd been posting on Instagram every week at a set time and pe people were starting to remember and show up so that they could 
communicate with her at that time. So when you create these predictable patterns, people start to respond. It's so important. It's pretty hard to do that when you're trying to be on all of these different platforms at once. To show up authentically, just pick one that you gel with, that you like communicating on and where your audience is and become really good at just showing up and being there. So that's if you're in the online space. And similarly, on a face-to-face basis, it means going to networking meetings regularly or whatever it is you do. Consistency is key. Pick one thing and do it well is my message. So that's going to help you to start simply and to be consistent and to start getting some traction. And to dive into this a bit more, I'd like to now walk you through three rough marketing roadmaps I've created for coaches that leverage your individual communication skills and strengths and can help you to get visibility, new clients and traction more easily. Please note that it's highly likely that your ideal clients in your niche have the same communication strengths and skills as you, the same sort of learning style. So if you're playing to your strengths and marketing to those strengths, with those strengths, you'll more likely attract your people. So the three roadmaps that I think are most effective for building coaching businesses are what I'm going to cover now. And there are definitely other strategies out there. I'm just going to focus on three that are more effective. And they are more effective because you get the chance to connect with people more personally and more emotively. So when you connect personally and emotively with potential clients or referrers, it's going to take your business further and quicker. What I mean is this. If you're posting a Facebook ad to people that don't know you, there's no direct body language communication or sense of a person. Someone's got to see your post lots and lots of times and be engaged with it before they're even interested in knowing who you are. Compare that with meeting someone face-to-face where you can immediately tell whether there's a chemistry. So advertising is known to be the least effective form of marketing. That's one reason why when you're starting out, you don't need to start with Facebook ads. As I've mentioned several times in previous episodes of this podcast, it's the emotional connection between you and your clients that builds trust and rapport that they need before they'll commit to buying from you. So that said, let's talk about these three roadmaps. And I want to start with the writing roadmap. So if you're a great writer and you love writing, chances are your audience is going to be the same. You're probably someone who journals a lot or likes to write reflective passages to work through problems. You like writing lengthy passages and stories, perhaps. You're creative with the written language, and you're good at writing emotively and descriptively and telling a story. If this is you, then it's entirely possible for you to engage your audience this way and become visible. As a skilled writer, it's relatively easy to gain visibility by guest blogging on highly visible online publications. And some examples might include Mamma Mia, Forbes, or Thrive Global. And there are others. You'd go to where your niche is. But if you're targeting mothers or women around childbearing age of that demographic that's on Mamma Mia, that would be a great place to submit an article to. 
it will give you national visibility as opposed to just putting something up on your website that nobody's going to see. Also, once you post on a platform like that, it gives you, lends you the credibility of being associated with that as a publishing organisation. So what do you write? Well, you can write case studies, stories, articles, those sorts of things, and you can do that for your own blog to build a following, or you can create more long-form posts on social media platforms if you prefer where your audience hangs out. You might want to also submit blogs to industry associations like Hecansa. They're always looking for well-written blogs. And I work for Wellness Coaching Australia as a coach, trainer and mentor. They would welcome your blogs. So if you want to leverage a bigger audience, writing articles for established organisations is a great place to start. I tend to write articles on LinkedIn, but yours might be elsewhere. And if you're a member of another industry association, you could write for their website or their newsletter to gain visibility. So let's just go back over that again for a minute. If you're a skilled writer and you want to gain visibility quickly, you'd be guest blogging or submitting articles for publications like Mamma Mia, Forbes or Thrive Global, plus our industry association, Hakanza, plus your coach training school, in this case, Wellness Coaching Australia might publish your blogs. Plus, there are any other industry associations that you're linked with, for example, Dietitians Australia or other qualifications that you have. Getting published on those platforms lends you credibility and gives you way more reach. Having said that, if you don't have, publishing on your website is also important, but you probably don't have much following there. So one thing you can do is to publish that blog on your website and then share links to it through your emails, either to your allied health professional network, to your client email list, or on any social media platforms you're on. Now, if you don't have a website, that's okay because LinkedIn allows you to publish articles and it's a professional platform where professionals go. So it's a great place to build business to business connections. So if you have a well-written LinkedIn profile and then you start posting articles on that profile, it's a good substitute for a website and it's free. If your audience are readers and writers like you, then they're probably going to enjoy longer articles. And if you have a website or even if you only have a Facebook group with a button or if you have a, a LinkedIn profile, you can create a link to a lead magnet. And this is something that people who are interested in your problem area that you work on would download to learn more about themselves. There's lots of lead magnets that you can create, but for people who are readers, then a written how-to guide that they can download and join your email list from is a useful way to go. So there's the publishing of articles and blogs to gain visibility. And then there's at the bottom of those ones on your website or on any of your social media platforms, you can offer a link to a downloadable document or how-to guide or checklist that you've written course it needs to be valuable to the audience but if you do this then you're using your communication skills and strengths to reach an audience of the same ilk and 
as you become more comfortable with writing and building a presence, you might start to move into other types of communicating with people, other ways of doing that. So that could be through live webinars or one-to-one -one calls to connect with you. So just on that last bit, writing as a standalone marketing tool can take longer than speaking or networking to build an audience. Um, but so if you're starting there, you would probably aim to build in another strategy a few months in, such as networking or speaking or holding events or doing some PR to speed up the process of becoming known, liked and trusted. Think of it this way. If you are well networked, for example, you can write an article for a magazine online and you can share it with everyone in your network. If you don't have the network, then you're, you don't have that same breadth of sharing ability, if you get my, my meaning. So that's the writing roadmap. Now let's talk about the speaking roadmap. If you're a guest speaker and you love talking, sorry, if you're a great speaker and you love talking, then chances are that your audience is the same. They like to talk and have conversations. You're probably someone who likes socialising and having in-depth conversations. You might like speaking at length, talking through your thoughts, teaching and or telling stories. You have a good vocabulary and you speak confidently and articulately and you like public speaking and being in the public eye. And if this is you, it's really possible for you to engage your audience using this strength and skill. Think of it this way. As a skilled speaker, it's relatively easy to become visible by being a guest on a highly visible and popular podcast or to be interviewed on the radio or to score a regular community radio spot. These are all things that you can naturally step into easily if you have that speaking skill. You could also develop your own podcast or YouTube channel where you build a following by posting audio files or video files and inviting comments and sharing links to those resources. In the face-to-face -face environment, you can deliver a signature talk to local groups. For example, when I started in my area, I did the rounds of my new community that I'd moved to and I contacted Rotary and Probus and the View Club and a few others and said, are you looking for speakers um, on, on women's health and weight loss. So it's easy to get out and get some practice in your community and also to deliver your signature talk to social groups in your area, to local allied health professionals or to groups of clients. One thing that works really well, and we were talking about this yesterday in Passion to Profit with one of my lunchtime students, she's engaged the local public library to help promote and deliver a workshop and to present a talk using their premises. Public libraries go mad for this sort of stuff because it brings people in. A friend of mine nearby is a naturopath and she had this series of talks she wanted to do around different areas of health. And our local library said, we'd love to make your flyers for you. We'd love to help you promote it. You can have this room on this date and we'll advertise it and we'll serve tea and coffee and you just have to come in and present and we'll set up all of the audio visual. So local libraries can actually be a great way to host talks without having to worry about promoting so much. You're getting that extra support if that's your where your niche would go. That, in addition to that, you can also present at conferences or expos or other sorts of community events. So just to go over some of those options in the beginning, you can 
be a guest speaker on a podcast or get interviewed on the radio. You could develop your own podcast or YouTube channel, and then you can de deliver signature talks either online on a webinar or to local groups, allied health professionals or clients or your public library. Get really creative with this. And at the higher level, there are the more visible and bigger events. Any speaking you do obviously needs to be publicised by sharing the upcoming event through emails to your network in social media or other places such as the event organisers list. And if most of your audience are speakers and listeners like you, then your website can offer a well-scripted video or audio that they can watch or listen to that invites them to join your email list or maybe you have a meetup group. As you get more comfortable with public speaking, you can offer live webinars or workshops that promote your service offering. Speaking's a fabulous marketing tool and it requires both confidence and practice. It's easy to start small with people you know, as I've described just now, and to work towards building up to larger audience and or more complicated means of delivery. For example, doing it in person with the help of your local library might be much easier for you at first than trying to host a webinar and having to learn that skill too. One thing's for sure, public speaking is one of the fastest ways to become known, liked and trusted because there's authentic connection in real time and you can build trust and authority easy if you know your subject matter. Thirdly, I'll talk about the networking roadmap. And this is for you if you love interacting and meeting people to share ideas, because your audience is probably going to be the same. You're someone who likes meeting people, breaking the ice and having in-depth conversations. You like speaking, but you're also curious about other points of view and you like listening as well. You like collaborating and brainstorming to build on ideas. So this real back and forth and exchange rather than you just speaking at people, it's interactive. And you're also comfortable with sharing opinions and exploring the differences that you have between you and somebody else, perhaps. So if this is more, more like you, it's entirely possible for you to engage your audience this way. As you become skilled at networking and being interactive, it's easy to gain visibility by attending events that are hosted by businesses or social or online groups or joining network groups or social media groups. So there's lots of ways you can network. You could also, when you're comfortable, develop your own networking group. And this could be a Facebook group, a WhatsApp messenger chat, or a live meetup group if you're not into social media. And if you're not sure on this, meetup is a platform that facilitates groups that meet online or in person. Also, if you're more of an interactive person and a networker, you might like to offer interactive workshops, uh, online workshops with breakout rooms that have discussion on opinions and topics. And you might like to do those with allied health professionals, complementary businesses or clients. So we're talking about workshops here as opposed to seminars or talks where you're doing all the talking. Workshops are much more interactive and, and maybe more aligned with you if you're a networker and you like that more interactive style. You can co-host workshops with other professionals too to help you get started and to share knowledge and gain insights. Also, you can host events that are a bit more networky, like movie nights, book clubs, group meditation, taster sessions, or other types of events that bring people together to meet, connect, and share ideas. 
You'll be hearing now that this is a lot like the speaking roadmap, but a key difference is that you're more interactive and collaborative with a focus on sharing ideas and listening more. Of course, any networking you need to do requires public to be publicized and you share that through emails on social medias uh, and through your email list, the event platform, and of course, the network that you're building. If your audience is interactive and you want to engage them, then you can offer a live session to people, which could be virtual as a one-on-one -on, -one on a meeting platform, on the phone, using virtual reality, or to attend an introductory group event. And if you're hosting networking events, that are held, attending networking events that are hosted by others, it's really important that you get some sort of follow-up. You don't just go there and walk away. What I like to do is make a point of identifying one or two people at each event that I like the look of. I email them afterwards and set up a coffee date or I do it in the chat box of the meeting if it's online. So they could be a potential client or a potential referrer. As you become more comfortable with networking, you might be ready to start your own group or to simply get into a routine of scheduling connections with the people you've met that you like. A local allied health professional near me does this really well. Every quarter he sends a note and says, let's catch up for a date to have a coffee. It's a fabulous way to build your audience and it's one of the fastest ways to become known and trusted so summarising what we talked about today, there are three marketing roadmaps for coaches which I've sketched out in brief. And to create yours, think about your communication strengths and style and how you're going to build confidence around those and so that you can market in a truly authentic way. Depending on your personal skills and strengths, it could be a writing roadmap, a speaking roadmap or a networking roadmap or a combination there are other marketing strategies out there, but these are proven to be the most effective because you have that personal and emotive connection with potential clients. Thanks for listening today. And if you